0: welcome to the made for memories podcast where we explore the sport and business of fishing and the great outdoors in canada presented by len thompson and northern king lures here are your hosts brother and sister duo brad pallister and jessica pallister dew
1: Hello, Jessica. Sup. Summer is over.
2: Shut your dirty mouth.
1: Well, it is. It's cold. Looking outside, we haven't had any snow, but
2: everyone... I went camping this past weekend, and it was beautiful. It's not. It ain't over till it's over.
1: I also went camping this last weekend too. Although I think it's the last camping.
2: Boo. Yeah. Which... I mean, there's some there's some things to look forward to. We've yeah. got we've got shows coming up, pretty uh-huh. quick. first time since 2019 that we've been on the show circuit, so that's exciting. The booth, the good old booth, was a bit dusty. I literally had to vacuum it. <laughs>
1: uh, dealer shows have been suspended for the last three is this three years, basically. So. I'm looking forward to seeing some friendly faces again. And
2: I'm not going to remember anyone's name. I'm just throwing that out there right now. And I dearly apologize. I'm just going to call everybody Dave because that seems to be a good go-to. <laughs> a lot of Daves.
1: I think people are going to be uh, not able to recognize me with all the hairs I've lost over the last three years on the top of my head.
2: You can just wear a hat.
1: Well, I guess I could do that. We should probably uh, talk about, well, first apologize to our dear listeners because we failed to kind of tell them that we were going to take a hiatus for for the summer.
2: It was kind of an accidental hiatus because we kind of staggered all of our holidays, you and I, and then we had our factory shut down and inventory and we just never prioritized hitting that record button. Mm
1: Mm-hmm yeah
2: our bad yeah well so if you've been desperately waiting for the next made for memories podcast episode to drop today is the day
1: yeah but uh no i'm looking forward to getting back into routines in general because the summer was very distracting did a lot of camping did a lot of family time friends time uh very sporadic fishing not a ton of fishing but um, it just seems to, I don't know, with young kids, it just kind of melts away.
2: Ours booked up pretty fast too, trying to see a lot of people we hadn't been able to see the last couple of years. And uh, my annual June fishing trip that I do with Lisa Roper um, just happened the first weekend of September. So that got pushed back. And yeah, uh, it happens, but it was a beautiful summer um and uh seasons be changing
1: well wow i'm excited to get back into a routine excited for show season and excited for podcasts who is our next guest today
2: today we are welcoming mr scott Bulett. hi scott
0: hey guys How are you
2: we're doing well thanks how are you doing uh doing good good so Scott was one of our very first Glenn Thompson and Northern King ambassadors, who also represents a couple of very big names in our industry, including Lawrence and Scotty. He's passionate about helping others make the most of their outdoor experiences and can often be found out helping at store events, advising on the latest gadgets, posting videos on his YouTube page, Bulat Outdoors, and most recently, guiding on Cold Lake, Alberta. He's also one of those people that is extremely comfortable around boats and their accessories, which we're gonna be talking a little bit about today. Welcome again, Scott.
0: I actually am sitting in my boat, in the garage right now, so that's, that's very fitting.
2: Do you often work from your boat? Like, do you, is that kind of your office as well, or is this strictly for podcasting purposes?
0: Uh, you find me in my boat often throughout the winter, yes.
2: Do you ever sleep there when you get in trouble?
0: No, yeah. I don't. Scott, yeah. you look like you got some sun over the summer. I did all right. I won't uh, sugarcoat that. I don't have a farmer's tan this year for once. It's kind of nice. So you have an interesting background.
1: Uh, you come from the trades and you gradually grew your way into a semi-professional to a professional angler now. You're a professional angler because you're, you're paid to guide, right? So... Tell us about that journey and how,
0: how it came to be. Sure. I never thought of myself as a professional angler, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, you know, I do fish some tournaments, and I did have some two good ones this year we can talk about later. But um, it happened to be with uh, a customer of Len Thompson's, actually, the Brian Hamilton at the Hamilton House Bed and Breakfast in Cherry Grove, Alberta, which is just outside Cold Lake. I've known Brian for years. I met him at the Boat Sportsman Show, and I was working in the Scotty Booth. And we just became great friends. He guides out there and he's a very busy man. And when he basically had last year, I talked to him about it and said, hey, you had a lot of people that you had to turn away. Why don't I come be your overflow this year? So that's what happened this year. I basically it was his overflow, but I posted some YouTube videos, shared them on Facebook and I ended up getting some customers messaging me through Facebook and, and YouTube saying they want me to guide them how do we do it? When can we, how much kind of stuff? So, uh, I kind of split it 50 50 between overflow and finding my own guides. I didn't, there's search sort of charters. I didn't do any advertising anywhere and it was a fun summer and stayed pretty busy. And we caught a lot of fish, a lot of lake trout. Um, I think I had three days with over a hundred fish for two to three people. I had a bunch of days where they were catching 90 fish. Um, very proud to say on all the days too that we had no floaters. That's a big conversation that happens out there. I'm always keeping an eye. I don't fish when I guide; I just watch. So I'm watching when we release fish to see if any you know swim down and come back up. And on all my guiding days this year, I had zero floaters, which is something pretty. It was special, so to be proud of. But it's nothing; it's out of our control. But it did happen, which was great. Did fish a little shallower this year as well, so that helps. Tell us about the cold lake fishery. Uh, it's an amazing fishery. It's a it's a big, dangerous lake. Uh, you gotta be careful out there. I did get stuck out there one day in some you know six foot waves, but you just have to drive carefully and make your way to safety safely, which there which we did, and it was a good day. And we kept fishing in a sheltered bay, and the guys were happy. Uh, it's got lake trout, pike, walleye, burbot, perch, whitefish. Uh, there's bait fish in there, ciscos um i think there's actually another bait fish in there as well you see a lot of bait clouds on the sonars when you are fishing for for the lake trout yeah a lot of people will down rig for them that's where the northern kings come in i i personally like the northern king over the lent thompson for the downrigger um early season guys will just troll long line trolling Len thompson's almost better then because it'll sink a little more um The fishery itself, though, is it's an outstanding fishery. It's a busy place. Uh, It's very much a tourism city now, the city of Cold Lake, and they do put on two tournaments a year, summer and winter. Um, I believe it was 400 anglers for winter and 300 for the summer tournament, and it promotes tourism and the, the fishery itself. You know, the lake trout fishery is world class, lots of numbers caught, the sizes aren't crazy big fish though you're not going to catch 40 inch lake trout in cold lake you're gonna you're lucky to catch a 30 inch lake trout but you will catch many 27 28 inch lake trout in there
2: well you had kind of developed a passion for fishing lake trout earlier on and I think that that's kind of how you started finding a love for northern king lures so you were a Len Thompson guy for forever and then when we came out and uh, acquired Northern King I remember you trying them and you just went gaga I shouldn't put words yeah. in it
0: no it's true in love. I, I I almost <laughs> can other than you know taking you and your husband Mike out last year and the odd friends coming out wanting to use Len Thompson I almost exclusively downrig with land uh, with Northern King. Because of their 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 wobble, their their flutter spoon, that kind of stuff. They're, I don't feel they're a big casting spoon, but the way they wobble in the water is, I love them. I love them underwater. So,
2: could you um, describe your setup for us? So, if somebody has never fished for lake trout using a trolling spoon before, um, how do you rig that up?
0: I with a downrigger. Are we going to play the downrigger game? Because I use them all the time. Um, I use a nine foot rod medium, uh, a very whippy rod. So it almost bends in half when you have it in the downrigger. Um, we did make a poster on this that is in some stores, which is nice. I know it's in the fish and Hole Edmonton locations. Uh, I have, a, I use braided line 30 pounds. Then I use a, about a 30 to 40 foot bra- fluorocarbon leader. And on that leader, I tie a snap swivel, which connects to the Northern King. Um, The downrigger connects why I have so much fluorocarbon leader is because I want the downrigger release clip to connect to the fluorocarbon line. So it stays in the release better. It's hard to put braid in a, in a really, in a Scotty release. If you do guys will wrap it around their finger a bunch of times and then stuff the wad into the release. Uh, I don't have a release quickly accessible here. Everything's in the way. So, But uh, that's how I would do it. And then I put my, my magic number is 17 feet on my line counter behind the boat, behind the release, and then I would lower that setup down. So from the cannonball back to the hook is only 17 feet. And then my depth so that I fish, that, that varies on lakes and where the thermocline is. You can find the thermocline with a the sonar by increasing your sensitivity and you'll see the clutter. Normally I'll run 45 and 83 feet. Those are my two magic numbers.
2: Speaking of thermoclines, and the sonars. You're a bit of a gear guy, like you're electronics guy. You represent Lawrence. Yeah. Um, tell us about and, and you do some boat installations.
0: Do a lot of boat installations, yes. It's
2: and you do more and, and more. And you answer a lot of questions on you know what electronics people should kind of get into. Can you um, talk a little bit about that? So if I was just your average customer being like, oh, I need myself a fish finder
0: my first few questions are basically like, what is your budget? What features are you, do you want out of it? And then it's, and and what, you know, how many units do you want in a boat? What's what boat do you have? How do how are we going to rig your boat up? You know, if it's a guy with a little, you know, 14 foot with a, a nine, nine uh, tiller on the back, you know, he just wants a one little unit and it's okay. How much do you want to spend? Do you want the entry level or do you want to step up? Do you want to get into the touchscreen stuff and different transducers? It, It's a long conversation. It's not a, I can't even almost describe it right here just because it's so much of it's everyone is user defined and what that person wants. Some guys say, I don't want side scan. I don't need that stuff. And I say, I won't live without side scan. I love the side scan imaging because you can see beside your boat, not just underneath your boat. When you're in shallow waters, if you're walleye fishing in 15 feet of water, you want side scan so you can see 80 feet out or not 80, about 15 feet. You're going to look about 45 feet either direction. And be able to see different structures over off to the side. And it has paid off for me in tournaments before where we didn't see fish until they popped up on the side scan and we went over to them and were able to catch them. So, side scan in my mind is very important. This new live sonar is out of this world. Uh, I use both of Laurence's live sonar. We have live sight and we have active target, two different versions, and they both have their purposes. And for the deep water, I love the, the live sight and it's like, I could show you some pictures and maybe send them and you can add them some way or somehow, but uh, we're fishing at times where there's there's 30 fish below the boat and I can see each individual fish down there and our lures and them moving towards our lures or away from our lures and their reactions, everything like that. It's been, it's, it's exciting. The guests love vertical jigging for Lake Trout because of just the hands-on experience they get with the electronics. It's basically playing a video game with fishing rod in your hand for eight hours. So I I want to talk about that just a little bit more.
1: That the electronics game has changed so much in the last what even five years? Five really? Yeah, five years for sure. Um, you know, talk a little bit about how that transition has been from you know ten years ago, let's say, to today, uh, and uh, and then I have a a quirky uh, follow up question for you at the end of that.
0: Sure. Well. I've been with Lowrance for just over five years now, I believe it is, if not six. No, it's got to be more about six years. So I've seen the transition from where side scan just kind of came in with, before I got on with Lowrance. And then I've watched the side scan change over the time. Uh, the screens, I bought originally myself the very first touchscreen they had before I was part of the organization. And um, I love touchscreen stuff. The, the processors are getting faster, they're getting dual channel processors so you can run two different transducers at the same time to do totally either the same things or different things um, in the higher end units, of course. The lower end units you can't.
2: I have a question. What's a transducer? Yeah. What's a transducer?
0: Transducer is the, the, the part that's, the part in the water that is sending the signal down into the water and attached to the wire and bringing it back to the sonar unit itself
2: okay cool
0: but just the other transitioning the the last I guess it'd be three or four years when they went to live sonar so instead of seeing a screen with with little arches of fish on it that are static now you're literally seeing fish swimming around down below you um you can You can pull with the active target. I have a pole on the side of the boat with it mounted to it. And I can actually spin it and turn it and point it where I want to fish. And it's on forward mode. So it sees the water line and 45 degrees behind you. So it's 145 degrees span by 18 degrees this way. And I can point and shoot and be like, there's a fish over there. It's 28 feet away and it's nine feet deep right now. And I can cast over to that fish. And watch my lure fall on it, and, and bring the lure back, and watch the fish attack the lure. It's it's a game changer. That's that's the word that's been used in the market, and it's there's no other word for it. It is the live sonar is a game changer.
1: So technology is rapidly evolving the way everybody uses tools in their lives. Uh, I know in the hunting industry, for example, uh, one of the tools that could be used that is banned are drones, video drones. There has been some talk about how the live sonar is taking the sport out of fishing. I'm curious your opinion on that and how would you respond to somebody who might think that it's just, it's just not sporting anymore?
0: I, I, f- I feel that it's a useful tool. I don't feel that it's taking the sport away because you're still casting the lure. The fish still has to bite you. We fished last week late in the season um, before the closure. So we fished up till the 14th and the fishing changed the fish. I could see them still. They were swimming around for the, you know, the sporting part of it, but we still couldn't catch them all because they weren't active. They weren't chasing your, your lure. So I still think it's a great tool to have. It's, it's great for learning. Um, even watching the action of lures and the react not maybe not the action of the lure itself but the reaction of the fish to the lures should you be just reeling in steady should you speed up should you should you twitch it that sort of stuff you can learn all that from the live sonar because you're watching the fish's live reaction to it in dirty water doesn't have to be where you're actually watching the fish follow your lure in a clear stream sort of thing i don't think it takes the sport out myself some guys say it because they don't have it and they want it. So they're kind of, you know, they're jealous in a way of it. Be and, and I just tell those people like, hop in my boat, let's go fishing. You can try it and you can get your own opinion of it. So
2: do so you think that's kind of like um, the minivan argument? Like no one, everyone says they don't want a minivan until they have a minivan. For but sure. So for yeah. practical, like it could, is that kind of the same thing? Everyone wants a minivan. Everyone
0: wants, I think. So I think Jessica's buying a minivan, Brad, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, it is one of those things that once like I really wanted it when I first saw some of the footage of it before it was released and I ordered mine and I, I eventually got it. Um, the guys that do want it and have it absolutely love it. There's, there's not many that are being sold because guys don't like them. Uh,
1: just, just to give, uh, our listeners a bit of an idea, uh, what's the, uh, uh, you know, like the, the retail price of, of, a, of a live, uh, sure. system versus yeah. a, a more traditional, you know, depth. and you see the little, uh, Sure. Curve. Well, to
0: go in Lawrence, you need an elite FS unit, which is the midline unit. You can get a unit. Uh, so the actual sonar unit on the dash, um, I want to say with, with 2d imaging and just regular down scan imaging, it's, a about 1040 for that. If you want a side scan image as well, which I recommend highly, it's, I want to say $1,080 or 1070 in a seven inch screen. To jump up to a nine inch screen, it's $1,300 with side imaging, Canadian pricing. Um, to go to the live, now that you have that unit, that would be your standalone unit. Now you need to get the module and the transducer, which cost they just did a price drop on it. I want to say it's about 1650 for that. And then you need a way to mount it on the side of your boat on, preferably on a pole instead of just on the on the transom. So you can point and shoot and play that way. So you'd be looking at, you know, by the time you're set and done, you're probably what were my numbers there, 13, 16, you're, you're probably between 33 and $3,500 by the time you get the pole and get it mounted to your boat. And then plus an install, if you're not handy, and want to do it yourself, which is another three to four hours of work probably on something like that, depending on the boat, because every boat's different. So it's an investment. It is for sure, but they can also be used ice fishing. You just need to make your unit portable. And I use my ice fishing all the time.
2: You did, uh, speaking of, of seasonal fishing, was it last year or the year before that you went out on Cold Lake in December?
0: Two years ago. Yeah, it was, it was December 3rd and December 4th. Not and, ice fishing. Uh, no, I, we, well, there was ice, at, there was ice on the boat ramp. And we cracked that off with ice scrapers and we had some local people that we knew out there telling us that there was ice there, so bring tools. So we did and we broke it off and had no issues. Launched the boat and uh, yeah, we went fishing for two days, probably five hour days because of the, you know, you want a little bit warm weather in the morning and some afternoons heat and then you want to get off before it's dark because you're the only boat on the lake. So um, we didn't go far from the boat launch. You we just went maybe a mile away to a local spot that a lot of people fish and I, I had no idea where to go. I did I had zero clue on what, where should we go today? And so we just putzed out slowly cause I didn't want to hit any ice. And when we got to a spot that I like to fish. I just watched my sonar. And as soon as I saw a bunch of fish stacked up on the bottom, I, I anchored the boat with the electric trolling motor on the foul and we dropped jigs down and we caught fish and we caught a bunch. Did it two days in a row on the second day we did some down rigging as well. Uh, the downrigging didn't produce as much as the jigging though, cause of the really cold water, but yeah, it was definitely, uh, that was an experience That's and cool. I hope to do it again. The next time I'll be definitely recording a YouTube video on that cause I didn't have the channel yet. I was a month away from starting it. So I didn't, didn't record that trip, but it was something else. And the fishing, the big, they're bigger fish and it was all post spawn. So big hungry fish that were mean, it was fun. You talk about your YouTube channel. Um,
1: when did you start that? Why did you decide to start it? And and tell us a little bit about the content.
0: I started it in, what are we now? 22. So January of 21. And my first video was actually a screen capture of the Lowrance Active Target. I think it's only a 30 second video. It got a lot of looks though, because it was one of the first ones out there and was the first one ice fishing out there. Um, why I started, it was just, I, as you guys know, I like to share information. I'm always, when I am in the stores and telling people where to go, what to use, how, why, all that sort of stuff. So I figured I'd make a YouTube channel saying that. So there's different, I have a few different things on my channel. One of them is kind of the vlog, the video log of just, you know, I'm going fishing today and this is how it is. And this is what I caught. And this is what I'm using. Just kind of the, the day in the life of. And then I have uh, a few informative ones on, you know, we're going to use this today only like I did one fishing lake trout with a walleye lure. It was just a, you know, a Selmo rail shad. I figured I'd give it a try and see how it worked. And I ended up catching like 16 fish on the thing and I didn't think I'd catch any, but it worked. Uh, Then I have the rigging stuff. As Jess mentioned earlier, I do a lot of installs in boats. So I've done some recordings there on, you know, I turned a a, a ski boat, a bayliner, inboard, outboard. Into a, you know, I put a trolling motor on the bow. I put a stereo in. I put a sonar in. I put bigger, better batteries in. Uh, put downriggers on his boat. All sorts of stuff like that. And he was nice enough to let me post it online for him. Or and then he said, "Well, that way I can go back and look at what you did." <laughs> so uh, there's lots of stuff, like tech stuff, on there too. Well,
1: uh, for, for people that are wondering, uh, what kind of a boat do you, do you have?
0: I have a 19 foot, uh, Eagle performance boat, Cocony K- XL 19 it's called. It is actually made in Red Deer, Alberta it is a custom made boat. And it was a project I was actually asked to join, which was a, was a pretty cool thing when I got asked, they had a boat that they'd made and, uh, a rep was in there and said, you know, this boat's really nice, but I don't think Scott would like it. There's, there's nowhere to put sonars on the dash and, I don't think he'd like this for fishing boat. And this, the owner there, Dale goes, well, who's Scott and how do I get him in my office? So two weeks later I was in his office and said, I know how to build boats, but I don't know anything about fishing. So can you go in the shop? I got the boat in there. We'll look at it. And he just tell me what you would change to make it more fishing. So we did, I said, you know, do you want to start at the front or the back? And he said, let's we'll start at the front and no hard feelings. So we, I picked the boat apart from the front to the back. We changed it all. He's like, well, we can't change this one. So let's get the hull that's outside and let's build a new boat. So we added an in-floor rod locker in the front. Um, in front of my feet on either side, there's drawers that pull out or they're probably two feet long. That, and they're just tap- I, my main thing was storage. I want storage in here. So in the gunwale, there's rod storage for long trolling rods that don't have to get broken apart to put them away um everywhere where we could find some storage spot we put storage so it's a it's a fully customized interior boat that is literally a a one-of-a-kind at this point unless somebody wants to go to outlaw eagle and ask for one and get one built for themselves so
2: Hmm.
1: made in red deer alberta
0: yeah you betcha not too far from you guys so that's why i always see you i would go down there and have a visit on the boat and then i'd swing in and see you guys and see how the hooks are coming along
2: (laughs) Scott does a good job of supporting Canadian when it's possible to support Canadian. Scotty being another awesome Canadian mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure they are. Fantastic.
2: Well, I guess it might be time for rapid fire.
0: Just like that.
2: Okay, Brad, do you want to ask the first question?
0: Sure. Question number
1: one You are only allowed to pick three lures. To fish with for the rest of your life what three
0: lures are they go well that's an easy one um northern king mag for trolling lake trout a one ounce jig head with a swim bait body about four and a half inches and a three-eighths pink and white jig head for walleye well that was easy
2: with eight seconds i said it was easy yeah. i still
0: got like 10 seconds left so color do colors matter or is it uh on which for any for, for the lake trout this summer with all the knowledge i gained on them i'm gonna say no um i know some guys will tell the total opposite like this is the only hook that worked today well i was fishing someone this summer a friend of mine and this hook isn't working and took the rubber off, put a different one on, started fishing with that one. I literally took the same one they had, put it on my hook and started catching fish with it and go, yeah, you're wrong. I just caught five fish. So I think it's, it's a confidence thing. I've used, I had one hook that I was using that was a chartreuse body. And I, I, I didn't have confidence in it. I couldn't catch fish with it and changed to the exact same lure in a different color and caught fish with it. And I finally said, I got to catch them on that chartreuse. And I did. So the way it went with all the guests this summer, it didn't matter what color we put on. I put on whatever color they asked for and they always caught fish. So I don't think color's a big deal on that. No, I think making the fish very angry and mad because lake trout bite out of aggression. That's where it's at. Very good.
2: Okay. So I asked you. second rapid fire question by accident earlier so we're just gonna pivot and i'm gonna ask you another question that expands on what you just said how do you make a fish angry so they bite sure
0: Go Um, with the live sonar or even normal sonar with the lake trout vertical jigging as you drop down if that fish starts to swim over to you um you never let them get to your hook if they get to your hook they're gonna be like nah i don't want it if you start reeling away when you're still about five feet above them, they're going to chase you. And the faster you go, uh, they get mad and they bite it because they're, they're angry. So basically stay away from them, play tag and stay fast. Nailed it. Good job. I, I was watching the timer.
1: <laughs> I don't like this question, but I'm going to ask it as it is anyways. Um, what is your best boat maintenance
0: tip winterize your skeg. so in the fall drain your oil out of your leg while it's still warm and make sure you don't have a milky murky oil if you do you have water and you need to get your seals checked if there's water in there and you don't change your oil you can blow your blower unit you can crack it so my biggest tip would be for outboard owners and inboard owners is change your leg oil every fall. Don't wait till spring, do it in the fall, especially if you have cold storage.
2: That turned into a great answer. And it was a great question.
0: That was a good question. And it's, it, it's very important. Uh, a lot of people will say to me, Oh, I, I want to change my leg oil. I'll do it in the spring. I said, no, please don't drain it in the winter. In the spring or in the fall, put fresh oil in and you're good to go come spring.
2: All right. Question number four. What is the strangest thing that has ever happened to you on the water?
0: I saw a naked guy fishing about 15 years ago. He was cruising around in his boat. Absolutely. 100% naked.
2: <laughs> hello. You can't make
0: this up. <laughs> yeah. We, we called him naked guy. He was hundred percent naked and he was trolling around and he went to the shoreline and he got out of his boat, butt naked and went into the bush and then came back out in his boat and I, yeah, naked.
1: Maybe, maybe he didn't want a farmer's tan. Was was it you by chance?
0: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> that was a crazy one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Question number five: You are a big diver, underwater diver. What has diving taught you about fish behavior?
0: The speed of the fish. Uh, when I was talking about the lake trout, you know, they are salmonoid. They're they're a char family lake trout don't swim slow. So when you want to get away from a lake trout, you can reel very quick because I can't swim as fast as a lake trout can. So you can reel as fast as you want to get away from them and they will still chase you and possibly bite you.
2: What YouTube video are you most proud of?
0: Hmm, I don't know if I have one. Um, One of my favorite ones is the one where I fish pigeon lake uh, with the active target and I have cameras on the active target screen on myself and on my slip bobber. Um, and where you get to see live action of what I'm seeing when I'm fishing. And another one of my favorites is uh, I got one with a buddy's boat that we rigged all up and went out fishing before the season opened. There's a bunch of cool drone footage on that one. Question number
1: seven. You can only catch one species of fish for the rest of your life which species
0: is it and why i'd have to go lakers lake trout just because of the the addiction i have for those things once you catch one ask jess once you catch one it's there's there's nothing else that fights like it from from the depths like it does like we've had some fish and you land them in 60 70 feet of water you hook them sorry and you get them to the surface and you don't grab it on time and all of a sudden it's back on the bottom and you're reeling it up again. And sometimes it's two or three times. So I think as much as I love walleye, I would still say lake trout is my number one go-to.
2: As Scott mentioned earlier, uh, he took my husband and I out fishing and we had a child-free weekend. And we were supposed to go to the mountains and I found out Scott was free. And I said to my husband, Hey, you want to go on a romantic vacation up to Cold Lake, Alberta and go fishing? And he laughed at me, but we had an amazing time. They had, we had a great day of fishing. We made it on the water, even though it was not the most calm of days. Um, no. But we, it took us a bit to find the fish. And once we found them, they just, they didn't stop and uh there's a brewery in Cold Lake there was lots of like we stayed at the Hamilton Inn it's a beautiful Airbnb it was just a lovely trip so thank you Scott publicly on the podcast for that yeah.
0: and day. and a big thanks as well to Mike Miles uh that weekend a friend of mine that was camped there because it was really rough at the boat launch and he backed my truck in let us drive away in the boat all three of us and then When we came back, he met us back at the boat line. He backed the truck back in and let us just drive the boat right onto that trailer. So we didn't have to do the old, hey, I'm going to get out. You're going to stay here in these side waves. So big thanks to Mike as well on that one too. Yay, Mike. Because that would have been not as fun without him.
2: Uh,
0: Question number eight.
1: You are a tournament angler Uh, over the years. Tell us your best tournament memory.
0: Go. What happened this year? Uh, You guys promote this as well, so I'm very proud to be a part of this event. It's called the AYA, the Angler and Young Angler. Um, I don't have kids, so I end up taking my – used to be my nieces, their friends. Now I take a friend of mine's son out. uh, I believe Carter is 11 years old now. And with 30 minutes left in this year's tournament, we already had our two slots measured, and we needed one over. And he landed a 731 millimeter fish that placed us in third place. Cool. Uh, so that was, that was definitely my, my high this year. I did finish fifth in the cold lake tournament out of 300 people, but the one with Carter was special and he caught that fish. So that's what makes it even more special. Right on. All
2: right, Mr. Bulat, I gave you an assignment and you delegated it to your wife, I hear
0: yeah i i said i said last night i said i said last night I, i'm doing this podcast tomorrow and i need a fishing joke she, oh I, I got one i got one i got one it's all excited so i don't know if it's been said I, I don't think i've heard it yet um but i have missed the last few podcasts since i've been away but it uh what did the fish say when it hit the brick wall damn <laughs> so
1: yeah. i don't think we have heard that one
2: i uh, don't no one's used that one for me well thank you so much for your time today before we go i just wanted to give you an opportunity to tell people where um they can follow you and learn more about all of the work that you're doing to educate others
0: uh basically instagram and youtube instagram is bulat underscore outdoors and youtube is bulat outdoors
2: Well, thank you again, Scott, for your time. And, uh, until next time listeners, happy fishing.